Welcome to the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries Podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack. Welcome to today's episode of Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news as well as evolving methods of providing legal service. I'm Mary Vandenack, founder and CEO at Vandenack Weaver Trulson. I'll be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about legal and tax issues, as well as law practice management and well-being. First of all, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Carson Private Client, and Foster Group. Here's a message from Interactive Legal. There's always a resistance to change, particularly with attorneys. Attorneys like to look back at what's worked in the past, and that makes a lot of sense. But when you realize that with a good automated drafting system, you can do a better job for your clients, deliver documents on a more timely fashion, in a more consistent and in a more costly manner. If you're not a subscriber to Interactive Legal, I urge you to go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. And you'll be contacted about having a demonstration of interactive legal for you, which can be done right over the Internet. Don't have to leave your office. No salesperson will call. We can arrange it at a time inconvenient for you. So please go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, we provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions. Reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. On today's episode, my guest is Dr. Jamie Dodge. He is a family medicine specialist in Lincoln, Nebraska, at Alethea Integrative Medical. He has over 17 years of experience in the medical field. He graduated from University of Nebraska College of Medicine in 2005. I asked Dr. Dodge to participate in this episode to discuss integrative medicine generally, but weight loss particularly. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Dodge. Oh, great. Yeah, so good to be here, Mary. Um, yeah, it's so fun to talk about uh, how we can help people move forward in their health. Well, so as a starting point, I note that Alethea refers to integrative medicine. Can you share what that term means? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, uh, we came up with Alethea. It's really a Greek word that means truth. So our passion is to pursue true healing for people. And we know that requires really a multifaceted approach. And so the principle of integrated medicine is that you can really glean from the best of all approaches to healthcare. So we take the best of current conventional technology, what's available with 
pharmaceuticals, with what's available with different procedures. And then we blend that with uh, traditional and holistic and even alternative therapies, really tailoring in on an individualized approach. So we integrate all facets of care available to, to anybody, depending on what their, their needs, issues, and goals are. So who should be considering integrative medicine? And I'm guessing the answer to that is like everyone. But if you said a particularly good candidate might be, is there a way to answer that question? Sure. Yeah. Really, we think of really, really three different patients that, that would. So, and this is not age dependent whatsoever, not gender specific. So really your first patient, I'll just say the easy one would might be, hey, somebody has an acute issue. I just got sick. I just got hurt, you know, something that comes up unexpected that we need to essentially respond to right away. So with that, certainly we have all tools, all means available to just address that quickly. And for some patients, they really uh, may need an antibiotic. They really may not need an antibiotic. They may also benefit from some vitamin and mineral or herbal supplementation. So in the acute phase, that's a patient that that we'd love to to help out with an integrative approach. You know, the second patient that could benefit from an integrative approach would be somebody who's maybe had an issue lingering for a long time that they never really had an answer to. And so we could take a deep dive into that and really try to explore something with somebody that, hey, maybe there might be some out-of-the-box, unconventional ways to address this. And just really... Again, first pursuing no, uh, to do no harm, but to try some things that might really benefit somebody that either hadn't been tried or hadn't been or thought of. And then really the third patient that would benefit would be somebody who is maybe feeling pretty good, but they're wondering, hey, am I preventing everything that's preventable? Am I optimizing my health? Could I maybe even feel better a year from now than I do right now? and almost age in reverse. So that's another uh, patient we love to help really pursue some health and life goals and just show up in the best way they can. Well, and as you know, one of the things that caught my eye, so I follow you on Facebook, and I started to note these great recipes that were pretty healthy. I saw you posting those. So I started also watching your posts and seeing that you've helped a lot of people with weight loss. So I was hoping you could talk about, you know, why does weight loss matter so much and how does that fit into the practice? Yeah, we, we love it. We, we really like to help people be their healthiest. So, you know, we're, we're seeing really across the country, just both as physicians and even as casual observers, we've got an obesity and overweight epidemic which, you know, about 70% of people are fit into that category. We've got 30% of the population that has some form of metabolic syndrome, you know, prediabetes, dyslipidemia, early coronary artery disease. So with that kind of as our foundation of knowledge, we know that's going on. We seek to help people get as healthy as possible. And we'd say metabolically. So internally, when we help them, make those adjustments in lifestyle that really lead to that internal metabolic health that almost always produces significant 
weight loss, typically, you know, in the form of, frankly, excess body fat, whether that's fat that you can kind of see under your skin or even some that you can't, that's internal, that's surrounding your, your vital organs. So we look at weight as simply just, it's a number, right? It's just a reflection of current reality. Hey, you're not your number. You're not your weight. All it is is just a reflection of, hey, this is where I'm at right now, but let's maybe reflect on where we want to go. And everybody has different reasons for maybe why that is. That could be, yeah, I love that number to be a different number. But for most patients, it's actually maybe something different. Like, you know what? I'm celebrating a big anniversary here and I just want to feel good. I just want to look different. I want to go on a big trip and I know I'm going to be doing a lot of activity and touring and things. Love to show up for that. Love to get down on the floor and play with my grandkids and move around more. So really, we try to look at the individual and say, let's pause for a minute and let's put weight aside and just talk about, you know, who are you? Where have you been? Where are you at? Where do you want to go? And so we take an approach uh, really with that as our starting point. And then we get into the more transactional piece of it is, okay, then how do we do that? When we decide, all right, who are you? Where do you want to go? All right, how do we help you achieve your goal there? And that's where I've been watching, like, honestly, your posts. It's just been, I feel like it's miracles you have going on there. And so, you know, weight loss is really difficult. Why is it so difficult? Well, I think a lot of it, Mary, is just, you know, we're all essentially an amalgamation of our, our choices. And, and we're not saying about um, right or wrong choices or anything like that, calling things. I, I hear patients say it a lot, like, well, I've, I've been good. I've been bad. And we say, look, there's really no, there's, there's no moral issue at hand here. It's just more a matter of, am I making choices consciously or am I making them unconsciously to where I've automated most of my life to either serve me in a way that puts me in a great position health-wise and reaching my goals, et cetera? Or have I made a series of choices and now I've done that for so long and so often that I'm automatically moving away from some of my goals or away from some of my uh, you know, optimal health? So it's difficult because we have ingrained thought patterns which then lead to ingrained behavior patterns, which eventually become automatic to where then if we become conscious of that, we start to think in terms of, well, that's just how I am. Well, in a way of saying or speaking, that's, that's true. But the good news is you don't have to remain there. You don't have to remain that person. So what we try to awaken people to is just the, concept that yes that's maybe where you've been and here's where you are now but where would you like to go and who would you like to be and so once that's awakened people can then start to kind of peel off some of those ingrained thought and behavior patterns to really to reveal and i would i would go as far to say their true self and really become uh, someone different than they've become so 
it's to to summarize it's difficult because we've (laughs) we've molded ourselves into that pattern for so long and and it takes a bit of time to unpack that so how are you doing that because that's you know whether it's Mm -hmm. food or alcohol or just a bad health habit not drinking enough water or whatever the case might be right there's those what you're saying those ingrained thought patterns and so you get this stressful phone call and you reach for the box of crackers or some people are got to go have a drink after a tough day at work and it ends up being 10 or whatever the case is and those are the, the sort of ingrained thought patterns and those are really tough so what are you doing to help people make that shift sure yeah for sure first of all i think recognizing that we didn't develop those patterns and those habits overnight and we won't change them overnight or at least if we do it typically won't be a lasting change so we try to address one habit at a time and so and those can be habits that are again healthy and serving us those can be habits that are not serving us so we really find that it takes just generally speaking three to six weeks really to transform one habit into another or really to make a real shift in one. So we try to do a stepwise approach with that. First of all, becoming conscious of the habits that you have. And then second of all, becoming conscious of how you are changing that. And then eventually becoming automatic with a healthy habit versus an unhealthy habit. So that is, um, the approach for the habits, we do get transactional then with numbers and, and tools. And some of those tools might be say, you know, you need to drink 96 ounces of water a day. Or for example, maybe we have a sleep goal of seven hours a night. We might not go from five to seven. We might say, all right, maybe we do 15 minute increments. And then insofar as food, we can use, again, we all have to we're just, we're humans. So we fuel our bodies with some sort of nourishment. And so what we find is, Hey, if we can change how you fuel your body, both in timing, amount, composition, frequency, then we really can transform the body internally, which then transforms how your mind is processing and working. And that just builds upon, builds upon positive changes. So our food is simply, we look at it as fuel and a tool. We recognize that, hey, yeah, there's a large emotional component to, to eating. We celebrate life events with food. We, we have holidays that are centered around food. But we recognize we can use those things in a way that serves us and still enjoy really the blessing of being able to, you know, celebrate those things with, with family. So certainly recognizing that, but recognizing that, hey, all of these things, our sleep, our hydration, our fueling, our nutrition, those are all just tools that can serve us uh, towards health or push us maybe towards unhealth. We are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors. At Foster Group, we know there are more important things than money. There's the joy of providing a lovely home for your family. The excitement of an early retirement. The relief knowing that an unexpected emergency won't ruin your finances. 
At Foster Group, we're invested in the things that make life, life, and how to get there. Foster Group, your financial life, truly cared for. Connect with us at fostergrp.com. Foster Group's written disclosure brochure, as set forth in Part 2A of Form ADV, discusses advisory services and fees, is available at www.fostergrp.com. Okay, let's continue our episode. And so I have a question on the developing the consciousness. So I'm a mindfulness practitioner, right? Sure. And so that's kind of the tool I use. And despite that, and it was interesting, I had a conversation with somebody recently. I'm like, well, it all works really fine when it's a calm day. Then I can eat really well. I do all the hydration. I meditate, do my yoga, get my workout in. But then I have one of those days where, and this person looked at me and said, it's actually a coach that I work with, and said, well, Mary, aren't those skills all the more important on those stressful days? And I'm like, Mm. those days that sort of that stress hit, it's hard to really keep that consciousness. Do you have any strategies to help people on those days? For sure. Yeah, so true, right? I mean, that's, (laughs) it reminds me of a saying, I I, I use it, I say, well, if it was easy, anybody could do it, right? So what we find is nothing really becomes easy. It can be simple, but easy is developed over time, right? So, you know, you're a practitioner of mindfulness. That's awesome. So what we find is first one has to, you know, most of us are in a place where you're really unconscious of maybe what my choices are, right? So I, I don't even know. I just, that's just what I do. That's who I am. Okay. Unpack that a little bit and become conscious of your unconsciousness. And let's just take an example of hydration, right? Well, I just drink when I'm thirsty. Okay. So that's really an unconscious thing. That's a survival mechanism. We get that. But what if you were to become now aware that uh, you're really not drinking enough water to, to really be healthy? Okay. Now I'm aware. Great. Now what do I do about it? Okay. Well, now you develop a way, a means of a habit to say, and everybody's structured different. It might be a gradated water bottle in front of you on your desk next to your computer. And when I see that and it says at nine o'clock, it's the level should be this and at 10, et cetera, et cetera. Now I've got a way that I'm putting into my mind to say, I'm consciously conscious of this. And then after you do that long enough, that habit becomes, I don't even have to think about grabbing that water bottle in the morning and filling it up and putting it next to the desk and drinking it throughout the day and refilling it midday. And now you're unconsciously conscious of a healthy habit. So over time, that stressful day really has no impact on the fact that that water bottle is going to be next to your computer you're going to be drinking it throughout the day. But it does take initial recognition of I'm not drinking enough to now I need to develop a way to remind myself. And now I need to actually do the activity. And now it's automatic. So that stepwise process, really. So it, it, it becomes another way I like to look at it, too, is everything's either a skill concept or an action. So we have the concept of I'm not hydrating well enough. Okay, got it. Understand the concept. Every I've read about it, someone's explained it to me. What's the skill? 
drinking water throughout the day. Okay. I can learn that skill. And now I just have to take action and, and do it and do it over and over again. And now it's, now it's automatic and the day can be stressful. The day can be peaceful, but I've got my water bottle. Don't even have to think about it twice. And I think what I heard is that your approach, because when I look at some of the photos I've seen you post, I could react to this. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so dramatic. The, but those changes didn't happen overnight. These are like, there's yeah. a process. We're going to make change one. Is that what I'm hearing? So it's kind of like, let's focus on that water bottle first. Yes. And then maybe we'll focus on getting more steps in or whatever the other health habits might be. That's right. I mean, and, and frankly, a lot of our, our clients and, and we see the, the cool thing is we see relatively quick results, meaning these, these changes start to happen relatively quickly, both in so far as how someone feels and how they look, frankly, both subjective and objective measurements of, of really what's going on. So we get early, really early adoption of, hey, this something's something's happening here, right? Perfect. We love that. But we understand that, look, we're really not interested in a crash diet here. Neither are you. That doesn't really serve anybody. Let's talk about, you know, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now even. And a lot of people are just really stuck in a, almost a survival mode of, hey, I don't even have a concept of a future self or it's really vague. Okay. We want to lead from that future, but act in the now. And so with that, we will also say, let's develop these habits. And quite frankly, the weight loss is just part of the transformation that you're undergoing internally and mentally. The weight loss is just maybe an external reflection and we can measure it, et cetera. But let's talk about what are you learning? And we focus um, and encourage very much so the personal development of our our program and approach to say, look, when you're learning and growing, you're, there's really your, your health journey will never outpace your personal development journey. So as someone's learning and, and gradually implementing and, and automating these healthy habits, we find that it takes probably close to a year really to undergo a really solid transformation. The weight could be gone maybe in three months. I mean, maybe I wanted to lose 15 pounds. Yeah, we did that, you know, three, four months ago, but we're now working on our relationships. We're working on still our, our sleep, still kind of an issue for us. We're working on unpacking some things that really are going to take a little bit more time because then we're not going back to some of these old reactivity modes of, well, I'm upset now because so-and-so said this or didn't do that and didn't meet my expectations. So what do I go to? I go back to having a candy bar, for example. All right, good. You're aware of that. So weight's still off. One candy bar doesn't wreck the whole process. But let's talk about why we made that choice. You know, what happened there? Okay, what happened? What's missing? Now what's next? Where do we go from there? And we can stop at any point in the journey and just say, look, you know, one, one choice there, and we don't talk in terms of mistakes or good or bad again, right? 
We just said one choice. Yeah, you're conscious of it. Before you would have just automatically had the Snickers and and you wouldn't even thought about it. You would have got an immediate rush of the glucose insulin cascade on the opioid receptors of your brain and a dopamine rush. And hey, but now you're aware of that. And now we're going to maybe take a step back and say, let's reflect on what we're building on and what we've built already and where we want to go from here. So I was going to ask a question on, because like the weight loss itself and not just weight loss, but any of these habits that are detrimental to health can kind of be like yo-yo, but weight loss is a good example because it's like people lose 15 pounds, gain it back plus five and they do it again and it's over and over. But what I think I'm hearing is that it's not about like just losing the weight, getting to that point, but it's really about the transformation and awareness and creating a real transition in the way you function with respect to your health? Yeah, percent right. I mean, and I think really we, we want to take people from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, really, again, for, away from this is just how I am. This is just the way the world is. This is, you know, that word just is just so interesting to me where people just put themselves in such a, a box of I'm just this. And it's oftentimes not a positive statement following that. So we say, well, okay, from that fixed point, could we move towards a growth point? Rather than I'm just, you could say I'm becoming. I want to be more of. I want to be less of. I want to be other than. Okay. Then how do we work towards that? You reverse engineer that. And again, much of that time and just, just the fascinating intricacies and interplay of the, the physiologic, the metabolic with the emotional and the mental functioning of a, of a human, again, is so fascinating to me. But we see those positive things that happen with, that lead to something, you know, quite frankly, is, is almost as banal as weight loss. But while at the same time, someone's becoming so much more self-aware and developing such that growth mindset that they're really changing so much in how they interact with others and frankly, how they talk to themselves. I mean, our negative self-talk is really something that can drag us down. We spend more time talking to ourselves than any other person on the planet. So we, we want you to be aware, hey, yeah, let's have positive self-talk. Let's have that roommate encourage us instead of discourage us. Okay, so I, that is a question. I just have to tell you, I was having a conversation earlier this week with a friend of mine, and I call that internal voice my critical parent. And she goes, well, <laughs> that's not really fair because that's kind of insulting to your parents. And I'm like, well, whatever name works, and I can't remember it. It was for her, it was her demon, something, something. Yeah. But there really is this critical voice that walks around in our heads. It's like, oh, you screwed up again, you blah, blah, blah. And that to me sounds like it really probably is instrumental in one, the consciousness of that as well to make these health changes. So how do you help people facilitate a change to that critical internal voice? Sure. And again, I would say we first go back to awareness of that. We, we help people recognize like you've got a roommate in your head and they're living there rent-free, all right? Do you want them to? Or do you want to address some things with that roommate? Do you want to, and again, it's all choices, right? You, we can choose how we 
talk to ourselves. We can choose how we filter, you know, this choice. This choice was good. This choice was bad. Well, maybe not so much that. Maybe how did the asking questions rather than making statements? How did that choice help me? How did that serve me? How did that move me toward the goal that I found, you know, of something in life that was really important to me? So again, becoming conscious of the presence of that, that inner voice, that inner roommate, and addressing that directly, first of all, awareness of it. And then I would say then secondly, really interrogating to a degree that, that roommate to say, or addressing to say, look, you're, you're not welcome here if you're going to be negative. We, we don't need the negative energy. We don't need the negative self-talk. So we're going to address each and every single time that something negative about me is said. And so again, it's that consciousness of that. And just pursuing is that, I mean, our, as humans, we're, I've heard it said, meaning making machines. So everything that happens to us, we essentially have to address and give it meaning. Much of that, though, is a story. It's a story in our head, and that story may or may not be fiction or nonfiction. So with that story in our head, just recognizing, well, that's, that's who I am as a human. I'm trying to make meaning out of what just happened to me or didn't happen to me or what somebody said or didn't say. Okay, that's what happened. That's a fact. But what meaning am I assigning it to or assigning to it? And is that truth or untruth? And if we don't have that truth, then we don't necessarily have to act out of it. Just recognize that, hey, I don't need to react. And when I don't, when I stay out of that reactive mode, I really lower the emotional, uh, let's say, cascade of what's going on in my brain. And then I emote, that then has, you know, a multitude of physical manifestations, either good if it is this high emotion state or maybe not so helpful and healthy if it's a negative emotional state, which then can lead to all the other things of now I want that candy bar. Now my blood pressure is super high. Now I'm not going to sleep very well tonight and all those things. So I think that that consciousness, awareness, and then addressing that once we are aware is so important for that, that, that to address that negative self-talk. And so if I were to kind of just sum up, Say, okay, I'm going into next year and people set their health goals on January 1 and then they're like gone by the end of the week or I'm a longtime gym rat too. So we always used to laugh (laughs) about all the new people that would come in. But I used to say, I'd actually like to see them here six months from now, right? But it's kind Mm -hmm. of like have a little bit of an idea of who you, who you really are would like to be. So I heard you say at one point, some people don't really have that clear vision. So Mm -hmm. it may be helping develop that. I want to be a healthy person at a healthy weight who drinks a sufficient amount of water and doesn't find it necessary to drink under stress or whatever, whatever that might be. Right. And then getting very aware and conscious of what's getting in that way and starting a process to make changes one at a time. What else would you kind of add to that summary? Yeah. Love it. I, I mean, I love when people set those goals, right? Because again, I, it's super tough to wake up in the morning and say, today I want to drink X you know, ounces of water 
if I can't tie that to something that's super, you know, fun, exciting, you know, really desirable, you know, later in down the road. So getting that future self concept in mind, I think is key. Like as someone looks towards the new year and the new you and, and all of those sorts of things to say, I'm aware of that. I'm just, I'll, I'll just say as a truth, I could be this person. I could have less knee pain in at the end of 2023 than I have now. I could weigh 50 pounds less than 2023. I could take that big trip I wanted to take uh, with somebody I care about for, you know, at the end of 2023. Okay. Yes. That's your goal. Let's reverse engineer that. And let's recognize, hey, it won't happen overnight, but we can work towards that goal. And all the, along the way, these habits we build will serve you beyond that, you know, beyond, hey, the trip was awesome. Now what? Hey, I got some super healthy habits now that I can go forward with and do other cool things and, and really essentially, again, age in reverse and, and be person that I up a couple of years ago, didn't think I could be. And positivity perpetuates positivity, good health habits, perpetuate good health habits, right? For so, sure. Well, we're at the end of our time, so I just want to ask whether you have any last thoughts. Oh, it's just, again, so fun to really step into these uh, goals with, with patients, with people, with clients. Um, and again, looking for those that are interested in transformation, you know, whether that's a health goal, a personal goal, a weight goal, whatever it is. Yeah. That's just, it's just so fun to see that in people. Very encouraging. Well, I want to thank you for being here today. I have to tell you, I really also appreciate that you're actually posting on it because it's really inspiring to observe that. And I'm hoping that other people are as inspired as I have been by observing that. So as we reach the end of our episode, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Carson Private Client, and Foster Group. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for our weekly releases. Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast does not create an attorney client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have. A Huda Media Production.